Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. In today's episode, we are covering the June 18th sermon titled The Shepherd of Your Soul. To start off, let's talk about the video clip. I know you had a bit of a hard time finding exactly what you wanted, but did the clip that you used, did that get where you wanted to go? Yeah, it got there not directly, but it did get there. This showed more of the leader's concern, just as a parent is concerned for the children under their care. The elder, as shepherd, is concerned about what the flock is exposed to and where the flock is to be led for feeding and watering. And so um, I think it got there. So with that illustration of how an elder in the church is similar to the parenting relationship, how is, if at all, the position of being a pastor or being an elder in a church different from other occupations? Is this something that what Peter's writing, can we apply this to other occupations and take that into those spheres as well? Or is this specific to the church? Ooh, that's a great question. One of my favorite authors, Jim Collins, he wrote the book Built to Last. He wrote the book Good to Great. And uh, these are secular works. Jim Collins is, is not a believer. And I should say this, that that work Good to Great really, really affected me. In fact, I did a sermon series on that because uh, all truth is God's truth. And the principles that he highlighted there— I could find each one of those in Scripture. And one of the things that Jim Collins did at this leadership conference I attended was he said that he thinks in the future that leadership examples are going to come from the nonprofit community. And the reason he said that is because of the the stress to lead a volunteer organization, because you can't motivate them by money. You've got to lead in such a way to where people buy in to the big picture, to the calls. So in that way, I think uh, a lot of professions are looking at the ministry and, and how we lead and, and how to motivate uh, corporations with more than just money, how to get them to buy in to the big idea, the big goal that that particular corporation is pursuing. On the other hand, I think it's very, very different. I think some pastors have taken their cues from uh, other professions. You know, I I remember uh, when uh, your mom was uh, pregnant with our firstborn and um, our OBGYN, his wife was pregnant too. So Gail and his wife were going to have babies about the same time. And of course, me, I'm always looking for a deal. And I said, oh boy, you're, you're, in a great position because, uh, you know, you can deliver your baby for free. And he, he said, no, I don't deliver my kids. And I just thought that was strange. And he said this, he said, no, you need a degree of separation. You, you need to have some emotional distance so you can do what needs to be done. And I want someone to deliver my baby who can do what's in the best interest of my wife's life and my child's life. And I don't want them to get emotional. That's not an option in the pastorate. I know some pastors do that. I know they keep an emotional distance, that their family keeps distance between them and the congregation. There's always this 
wall, either thick or thin. Maybe it might be just a veneer, but that separates them. I just can't do ministry like that. And I think Peter talks about ministry as being with, (laughs) you know, being there. You know, when Jesus said, he said, I am with you always. He didn't say I'm over you. I'm with you. Jesus did ministry shoulder to shoulder, side by side. And so I think this profession is unique in that we get emotionally involved with the people we minister to, or at least I think we should get emotionally involved. And by the way, someone texted me, uh, how does this passage that um, that I preached, how does this passage uh, deal with uh, some of the church structures like the Pope, you know, who is so separated from us? I think this passage denounces that type of separation to where there's this hierarchy as far as uh, within the church. Now, again, there's different roles to be played, but uh, to, to put somebody way, way up and, and the rest of us down, I, I just don't think that best exemplifies what Peter's going at here in 1 Peter chapter 5. And, you know, the thing that uh, Peter says to be an example to the flock, it really goes to the heart of uh, how are we respected. Some people think uh, we're to demand respect, that the pastor should demand respect. I think uh, when he says be an example, that uh, what he's calling us to is to earn that respect, that uh, it can't just be a cognitive uh, event where we just get information, but it's literally living out our lives in front of others so they can see, and we are walking with them, and hopefully we are earning that right to lead over and over. And, and, and I think pastors need to do that every single week. They need to continue to earn the right to lead their flock. On the flip side of that, and this might be a difficult question for you to answer because you've been in the elder pastor position for 30 plus years. But on the other side of that, when he says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, that's, it seems like, to the congregation, the rest of the readers. How do we do that well? And I'm going to have you answer from your own perspective as being a member in churches previously, but then also as a pastor, how can your congregation be subject to the elders of this church well? Well, I think he answers it there when he says, humble yourselves, therefore, uh, just to be teachable, to, to come realizing that Rod doesn't have the answers, but God has the answers. And I think that's the main thing, is uh, to be teachable. It doesn't mean you'll always agree. Probably the pastor that uh, affected me the most in how I do ministry, uh, he and I disagreed on a major part of theology. But boy, he, he loved life. He loved Jesus. In fact, uh, I would always tell him how how much I was learning and growing. And and that's the thing I I would say, that if you are not growing in your relationship with Christ, uh, you need to be under someone who is challenging you to get into the Word, to read the Word, to be teachable. Um, You know, there's someone in our church, and they said, uh, 
Reverend, you've done something that no one else has, no other pastor has ever been able to get me to do. And I said, what's that? And he said, you've gotten me to read the Bible on my own. And I think that's hopefully a hallmark of my ministry is that um, I not only teach the Word, I, I show people how to get there. There's a methodology I'm training them in to where they can feed themselves. They can read the Word for themselves. And it's not like this dark, mysterious book that only the elite can, uh, you know, with special training, only the elite can can read and study and decipher. But it's it's written to us. I mean, even the, the language of this book is written in uh, Koine, common Greek. It's, it's not written in the highbrow Greek. And so God wants us to uh, have the Word. And, and uh, one of the things I talk about is um, when Paul was saying the Berean believers were of no, more noble character than the Thessalonians because they received the Word with eagerness uh, from Paul's preaching, but then they went home and searched the Scriptures to see if it was so. So I think being teachable, learning the Word, uh, I think those are— those are the two things that are needed for people that are in a church that's going to grow. You know, and I tell people, when you're visiting churches, talk to a few members and, and ask them this question. How have you grown in your relationship with Jesus as a result of coming to this church? And that question scares people because they've never thought about that. Well, my question is, why would you go to a church if you're not growing in your relationship with Jesus, if it's not doing anything with that relationship, you know, yeah, it might be helping your marriage, which is really good. It might be helping, you know, uh, you to understand yourself better, which is fantastic. But if it's not getting you closer to Jesus, then why? Why would you go there? And um, ultimately, with this sermon, where I came out was that, you know, you could have the best shepherd. Uh, elder, pastor, uh, you know, to sit under. But ultimately, you need to sit under the shepherd of your soul, which is Jesus. And that's what he says in the last verse there that we covered. He said, casting all your cares or all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. And the reason you need to let Jesus shepherd your soul is because he cares for you. He's concerned about where you end up, not only in the next life, he's already demonstrated that, but in this life, the choices you make and, uh, you know, the things you do. And so that's, uh, that's ultimately where I wanted to go in this sermon. I wanted to evaluate pastors and their roles, what, what they were to do, hold them, hold us to a biblical account. But I wanted ultimately all of us to realize that Jesus is the shepherd of our souls. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you did really well is you kind of gave, I mean, I guess power back to the people, but you emphasize— I would say I gave responsibility back well, to the people. Yeah, what I was going to say is you put it on them to be critical thinkers. You know, yes. be subject to elders, but that doesn't mean that you take your brain out and just sit under whoever. You know, be a critical thinker, look at the word, be a Berean, be subject to the elders, but— don't do it in such a way that you just follow whatever whims and wins there are. If you've ever said under an authoritarian pastor, uh, one of their favorite verses are, touch not God's anointed. 
and they'll pull that that verse and and they'll say you cannot criticize me and i just don't think that's that's true now if a person has a negative uh, attitude towards their pastor and it's and it becomes obsessive not just in one area but in others they probably need to move on but uh, you know a, a pastor can be criticized and that's why I think this is a calling I know that's old-fashioned but I I really think that this is a calling to ministry and not just a, a profession like any other and and that's why I think everything's on the table things like our income, don't do it for sordid gain, is the way Peter puts it. Uh, don't do it under compulsion. I just think you need to sit under someone who can encourage you in that relationship with Christ, in that relationship with the Word, and that you don't just believe something because they say it. So um, I think it's it's important for people to study the Word, study the Word wisely. They are responsible to put themselves under a teacher who is committed to this book and committed to their spiritual growth, just like a shepherd is committed to the growth of the sheep by feeding, by watering, by protecting. And uh, that brings us full circle back to the video clip because that's what Andy was doing uh, with Opie. He was wanted to make sure he was on the right path and wanted to make sure things that would undermine his growth and take him off course did not sabotage the man he would ultimately become. I think you lead very well. I'll just go ahead and say that. And I think people in this congregation would agree. But thank you for breaking that down. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. <laughs>